77 years ago, America was a, uh, a very prosperous and growing country that was basically uh, filled with peace and prosperity. That all changed on uh, December 7th, 1941, when early one morning, the Japanese um, um, attacked Pearl Harbor with, in an attempt to destroy our Pacific fleet, and uh, it ushered us into World War II. We uh, declared war back on Japan, and four days later, Hitler's Nazi Germany declared war on America, and uh, our world was torn apart, and uh, it reached our shores and impacted our country and our families in, in a very dramatic way. In the midst of so much death and destruction during that period of time, there, there were moments of, of real inspiration, bravery, and heroism, and Songs were written, and um, in fact, some of our most classic Christmas songs were actually penned during that period of time. There are many stories during that time of, of bravery, of sacrifice, of kindness, and of generosity. One of my favorites took place uh, during what they call the Blitzkrieg, where Nazi Germany was uh, bombarding and pummeling uh, Great Britain and London with bomb after bomb after bomb and air raid after air raid and destroying, you know, that, uh, that city. And when America entered the fray, American soldiers were there to support and to help and to try to defend. And there's this touching story of... Uh, in the midst of all that destruction, there was one little pastry shop, one little donut shop that, that, that continued to, to, to operate. And American GIs would go there and they, they'd get, get, get a treat and they'd get some food and maybe a cup of coffee. And um, there was poverty and destruction all around them. And one, uh, one morning, a couple of GIs were in there getting, uh, getting their normal donut or so. And there was a little boy, you know, a little... British boy with his nose and his, you know, pressed up against the window and his, his smudged face. And he was just, he, he was dreaming about a donut. And the GIs came out and started running quickly by. And then one of them stopped for a moment. And he looked over at the little boy and he reached down and he gave him a donut. And the little boy looks up at that American GI and says, Mister, are you God? That incident captured a really important truth for all of us. We are never more like God than when we give. And can we get an amen on that? Amen. It's what this season really is all about. God loved, so he gave. We know the, the central scripture in many ways of our faith. You know, in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave a gift. 
the ultimate gift, the gift that Isaiah prophesied about the wonderful counselor and the prince of peace. He is the gift, the ultimate gift to humanity. It's Jesus Christ, and that, that model has inspired giving throughout the years. On the 16th, we'll sort of begin our Christmas celebrations with our children's program and then a special candlelight service on the 23rd and end of the year, rousing December, you know, 30th kind of service leading into the new year with many of our singles from around the area and around the country uh, joining our journey campaign. It's going to be a, a tremendous last part, you know, of, you know, of the year. But the whole idea is the gift has inspired giving ever since. Let's hear from Jesus. I guess one of the more famous things Jesus ever said, and he said many, you know, was that, you know, this, this, this classic statement, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Pretty much every religion on earth says the, uh, the negative of that. Don't do to other people what you don't want them to do to you. That's classic. It's in so many forms in pretty much every religion. Jesus, on the other hand, always takes the initiative, and he takes it a step further. He says, you take the initiative and you give. Give to others before they give to you in the same way that you would want to be given to. Jesus talked about this, you know, many times. The Sermon on the Mount, last time I spoke, I talked about prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Today it's about giving, and we know the Sermon on the Mount has so much about giving and where our heart is. You know, our treasure is going to be there, and, and, and we give and we order our lives and our approach to life based on that. One of the sayings of Jesus that are not preserved in the Gospels, but Paul uh, reminds us and Luke records it, is that in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, it is more blessed, Jesus said, more happy are we to what? To give than when we receive. Even this season, really for any mature person, mature adult, it's all about giving, not receiving. It's all about giving. It's about giving our hearts. And so much of Christianity is, is truly all about giving. It's giving grace to other people. It's giving the benefit of the doubt to people. It's giving forgiveness. It's giving time. It's giving money. It's giving self. And God says, Jesus says, we're happier when we do it. Do we believe it? The gift is to inspire all of us, not just in this season, but as a daily part of our life, to be giving, to be serving, to be caring about other people. Let's open up our Bible and let's take a quick look at some passages, okay? Hopefully this can help us. You know, I have a proper mindset right here at the very beginning of December as we work through this, um, this last month of the year that is full of opportunities to love, to serve, to give, and also to stumble for that matter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and, and verse 7, what, a, what an interesting passage. And if you've opened your Bible, you can see the context of this whole great, uh, you know, great concept, excelling in the grace of giving. What, uh, what the apostle tells us is since you excel in everything, thank you, Apostle Paul, for giving us the benefit of the doubt that we excel in everything. He's given us a lot of encouragement and positive vibe at this point. But he says, just as you excel in everything, in your faith, in your speech, in your knowledge, in your complete earnestness and the love that we have kindled in you, 
you see to it that you excel in this grace of giving. How you doing? How am I doing? This is God's plan. It's actually just part of becoming more like God and more like Christ. You just become more living. But the idea is we do take aim and we do fire at being excellent in our love and in our faith and in our earnestness and in our giving. Now, I think we can ask like a practical question. What is it that inspires us to give our best? This is, uh, you know, wasn't that a great song? Little Drummer Boy. Interestingly, it was written during World War II. First sung publicly by the Trap, uh, trap Bam Family Singers. Remember Sound of Music? Little Drummer Boy. I played my best friend. Me and my drum, I played my best. That's the spirit of giving. What causes us to play our best? UGA, <laughs> University of Alabama, great seasons by both teams. They both ought to be in the national championship game, but we don't get to make that decision here in North River. What causes you to play your best, to give your best, to prepare the best, to cook the best? What is it? Well, it's when it's important to you, right? It's when it's important to us. Every Sunday morning is like a lit litmus test on that. We come to church and we sing and we pray. We take communion, and we fellowship, and we give. Many of us still, as the plate is passed, or we've already given online. Do we give our best? Our best. We do if it's important to us. And see, that's why even every Sunday morning is truly, as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, an examination, where the Bible says, examine yourself. And take a look, not only, not only worship, and not only learn, but to be able to look inside and to be able to, to, have a, to, be able to determine, yeah, I don't know where I'm at right now exactly, but I'm giving my best, but I want to give my best because Jesus gave his best for me. That's always the, um, that's always the inspiration. You see, followers of Jesus, doesn't it make sense that that Christians would be the most generous people on earth because our hearts have been changed by God's generosity to us. And so you keep on reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, right there in your Bible if you have it open. Here's the inspiration. It's always been the inspiration about true, authentic Christianity. It's the grace of God. It's not compulsion, as John talked about earlier, and, and Paul goes on to talk about in chapter 9 and verse 7. It's not about compulsion. It's not about control. It's not about guilt. It's about God's grace. And when you think about the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he was rich beyond description, and yet he came down and became a pauper. 
He came down to poverty. He came down to get abused. He came down to be scorned. And he did it so you and I might become rich through his poverty. And that is what giving is about. It's all about 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. It's all about the grace of God in Jesus. And so, you know, as you keep on moving on, this is, this is why when you get passages like this in Ephesians chapter 5 that talk specifically about, well, in this case, sex and greed and what a, a, a true Christian's attitude and heart mindset should be. It tells us it starts off again, be imitators of God. Allow the Holy Spirit inside of you and me to transform us to become more like Jesus to become more like God. And as we do, as dearly loved children, walk in this way just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. But, but there shouldn't even be a hint, not even a, a skosh, a tiny bit of pinch, not even a little bit of sexual immorality, amen, amen. or impurity, or what? Greed. Because this is the age-old problem people have, sex and greed. And you throw a little pride in there and other things, and you basically got it covered. These are improper for God's holy people. Why? Because of the grace of God. And he goes on to say, basically, this is no joke. It's not a joke. It's joked about a lot in locker rooms. It's joked about a lot in, in your kid's high school class and even your middle school class. These things are joked about a lot in bars, okay? But this is no joke because no impure, impure or immoral or greedy person, greedy person, he's an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Don't let anybody deceive you or your culture deceive you with empty words on this. This is serious. Deal with it, particularly in these two areas. And so this is some, you know, strong things that are being, you know, that are being, be, be, being said here. You know, it's very, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, to, uh, you know, to me. Uh, Bob, Bob, you did a great, a great communion and contribution last week, didn't he? And, and he said, uh, feel free to clap. I mean, he's, Bob's an amazing brother. And so, but he, he said an interesting thing. If it's touchy, we need to what? Touch it. And he was talking about death. He's also been talking and teaching a lot to us about diversity. John touched on one today, wrote a newsletter article about it, about money. He was actually very gracious about it. If you read the article, he's able to say, hey, guys, we've done a real good job at North River. God has done a lot of things, but we're a little behind in our contribution this year. And I hope you can make it up if you haven't been, you know, being focused and being consistent and being generous. You know, you know about it. The Bible touches on money. It touches on greed. It touches on sex. It touches on immorality. And it just tries to help us to have absolutely the right and the great spiritual mindset. Now, one of the things we have to deal with is the fishbowl we're all swimming in. Anybody remember Black Friday or Cyber Monday? I mean, this is our, you know, this is our culture. You know, CNBC reports that uh, during this Christmas season, we are going to spend $1.1 trillion. Kelly and I are downsizing. We're moving from sort of a regular house we've had for many years to a two-bedroom condo. And we're going through our stuff. 
we have discovered we only have room for 25% of our stuff. And we're throwing out stuff. And we're doing, you know, uh, putting stuff online. We're giving away stuff. We tried to have a garage sale in, in a monsoon yesterday afternoon. <laughs> and going through everything. And, you know, one of the things we're trying to get rid of is our big TV because it won't fit in that silly condo. And so we actually paid a lot of money for that thing about 13 years ago. <laughs> it's a great TV. Samsung, plasma, whatever. We paid a lot of money. And we're looking at these things, okay, what people are getting. We are scrambling to get 100 bucks for it. And then Ryan said, oh, don't worry about it. Look online to see how much these brand new TVs are. I'm going, what? That's cheap. All this stuff you and I have got is basically not worth hardly anything years later. We are, and we're tossing stuff. You want some stuff? Give me a call, okay? We'll make an appointment. I got a garage full of stuff. Beautiful stuff. Because we get and we get and we consume and we consume. Gallup tells us that the average adult American will spend $885 on Christmas this year. Now, that's just fine. It's okay to go spend some gifts and some, some money. It, it, did, it did cause me to ask, if that's, if that's the case, adult disciples here, are you planning on giving $885 to God's work? You're making those same plans? To be able to do the same thing? And why would you? Do, you? do we even think about that at all? Now, in the midst of all of that consumerism, in 2012, some people came up with the idea of Giving Tuesday. Are you aware of that? And so the Tuesday after Cyber Monday, there's something called Giving Tuesday. And it's the idea of a focus on charitable giving and giving to, uh, you know, to, to, good, you know, to good works. What, uh, what the statistics, again, tell us is that as far as charitable giving goes, people in America who make between 100000 and 200000 as a couple or as a family, and that would include some people sitting here in this auditorium, give about 2.6% of their income to charity, their church or their charity. People who make below $100,000 as a family average 36 you know, you know, percent. They give a little bit more. That's just across the board. Now, Christians and disciples, of course, are much more generous, you know, than that. But that's basically how people, you know, focus their life. I read this article, uh, you know, that was really interesting to me. Aaron Rodgers, you got any football fans here? You know, don't worry, he may not make the playoffs either, just like the Falcons. <laughs> but he just, he just received uh, one of the largest uh, contracts ever in NFL history in August. He's making $33.5 million a year. He's going to be able to receive, along with incentives and along with what he was already scheduled to make, $67 million by the end of 2016, and, uh, which is great. I mean, you know, he's, he does a great job, and our, 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 uh, our NFL industry pays him that. And he, he was in the news because he gave a gift of a million dollars to uh, wildfire victims in, in California. That's a beautiful thing to do. That's very generous. That represents about 2% of his income. 
in 2018. So he's sort of right in there, you know, with his peers, you know, on that. Of course, we don't know everything everybody gives, tax records, you know, that's where they get these general, you know, kind of, you know, kind of numbers. But let's talk more about where we are. If I'll talk to campus last time because campus, you know, when you're in campus, you, uh, you got your whole life ahead of you, but you're pretty much cash poor, right? You remember? Anybody remember campus? Even elite athletes and great, uh, you know, great brilliant, uh, you know, intellectual minds when they're in college, they're cash poor, okay? And, uh, but, but when we were growing up, many of us in this room, we still understood, hey, you don't let the plate pass without putting something in it. And you don't spend 20 bucks on a date and then tip God a dollar. You know, that's just, that's just not the way that you approach, you know, kind of things. Don't worry. I, I'll drill down on those guys as a second service. We can pass, you know, pass more quickly here. But I do remember in 1972, my mom died. I was raised by a single mom and grandparents. And I was, you know, uh, you know it was hard not to have a family anymore. But I did get a check from uh, Social Security uh, for about 250 bucks every month. Uh, for about a year after my mom's death. And, and I remember taking that check and going, okay, no, 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 I'm going to, what, 10% of that? That's, that's, okay, $25 a month. And all right, so this is me telling me to stop, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to really do better, okay. Uh, let's fast forward, okay, I got about a minute. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> but seriously, Kelly and I have tried to structure our life so we think about things. Are we giving, paying more on our mortgage or our car payment than we are to God's kingdom? And, you know, giving is a very important thing for all of us to consider. You've got to decide it yourself, but you decide it and prioritize it through the Scriptures. And the most important thing, there's so much more to giving than just giving, weekly giving to the church, although that's where we drill down for about 10 minutes, you know, because it's just that kind of, you know, time of year. The most important thing we give is ourselves, right? December 5th, 1969, almost 49 years ago, I became a Christian. I got baptized as a freshman at the University of Florida, and I gave my life, and that is the most important thing for me to get up every morning and renewing that. I gave my life. And let's pray for all of those that are, that are making those decisions to become a, uh, you know, a Christian by the end of the year, a new life, new year. Our last scripture is the music begins to play. All right? Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all you need you'll be able to abound in every good work believe it god so loved he gave and god loves a cheerful giver <laughs>